Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Patricia Gregory come with part six of their Power Patch series, Dating Risky Business. Get your pen and your pad ready. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Uh, We're going to pick up with part five. It could be part six or it could just be part 5B. We're talking about dating risky business. And the reason it's risky business is because dating is a business today. And it has gotten so far away from God that if we're not careful in the church, we'll find ourselves conducting our relationships just like the world does. And so we're talking about now that we're dating. And of course, we've looked at up to this point, modern dating versus biblical dating. We've looked at men initiate, women respond. We looked at boundaries must be set. And last week, we started talking about this in-between stage of we're not friends anymore. We're dating for the purpose of marriage, but we're not engaged yet. And so it can kind of be a a, a really weird stage. And the key uh, in that stage is just to make sure that we don't defraud each other. The goal is to still be more concerned about each other's soul than we are our physical needs uh, being met. And so we started off looking at number, point number one last week, uh, which was going deeper. How compatible are we, right? Second Corinthians talks about not being unequally yoked. So you're really looking for someone that's spiritually equal with you, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally. You know, opposites attract, but they don't make good marriages, right? And so you're really looking for someone that's walking in the same direction that you're going in. And really what makes that work is that the guy know, knows where he's going. He's saved. He believes he knows what his purpose is, and he's heading in that direction. He can communicate that with her, and then it gives her this ability to see whether or not that's something she can connect herself to, get behind, follow, uh, and support. And then we looked at number two, which was the temptation trap. It's so easy to believe now that he's communicated to you that uh, he's pursuing you only. There are no other outside uh, interferences. Uh, he's focused, and he's pursuing you for the purpose of marriage. It's so easy uh, to get into temptation. We relax our guard, right? We're exclusive now. It's just us, and we start physically wanting to take that relationship to the next level. And so we gave you some things there, not to let your good be evil spoken of and to stay away from the very appearance of evil. Remember, at the end of the day, the world is watching us, and we're trying to show them God's way of doing things and ultimately being glory to God through this dating relationship. And then uh, we talked about number three, which is where we left off. We'll pick up real-life conversations. And my wife uh, left off, uh, she wanted to go a little bit more into looking uh, what to look for in a godly man. Right. So real-life conversations, right? What blessed me, babe, there was a testimony that was shared with me uh, where it was a married couple that's been married for quite some time. And they said that this has been a blessing to them during this season because they realized some steps and some things that they missed and some bridges that they didn't cross even in their relationship and in their dating process. So they had become, come to this place where they were just living this silent marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And now that they, the empty nesters and everything else, they're back to even a more silent marriage. And so now what this has done is it has revitalized conversations. Good. Uh, and, and, and going back to go forward. So it's sort of rekindled mm-hmm. uh, that first love in them. Mm-hmm. So talking about real-life conversations, 
we, I encourage you, those of you that are online, if you haven't been following this, please go back and listen to last week's message because that's the beginning of this and that was the beginning of number three. But I wanted to shed real quickly some more light on this topic of real conversations, real life conversations. When we do uh, premarital counseling, which we'll talk about later, some of the topics that are discussed, and I'm usually amazed about how much disagreement or how much uh, of a chasm there is between the two people that are talking about getting married. And most times when we're doing premarital counseling, they're already engaged. So how many know they're already vested? They're like, and so basically, you know, as the minister, you sitting there going through it, and though you're trying to shed light on it, very uh, not often is, are they open to say, you know what, we might need to step back. They done bought the ring. They done ne locked never. down the facility. Never are they open. They, some of them have been. Well, they have been. Yeah, yeah. you know of because. A, one out of a thousand. Babe, you. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> no, he's very good at ministering when he's doing counseling, premarital counseling. He's very good at, uh, do you understand what I am telling you right now? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? And their heads go like this. But, but no, there have been times, more so with you than with me, where they said, you know, we decided to break it off, step back. You know, but it does happen, but it's very, very unlikely. The conversations that have to be met and have to be had, communication styles, their thoughts and observation and your observations about resolution, conflict resolution. Their partner your partner's styles and habits. What are their habits? What are those things that get on your nerves now? Because they all of a sudden turn into the Hulk later. <laughs> Financial management. Leisure activities. I can tell you right now, we take that lightly, but I would be a miserable soul if I'm, we go on vacation, I'm active, I want to go hiking, I want to go uh, driving the road to Han, I want to jump off of, uh, well, he didn't want to jump off the, uh, the, uh, the uh, waterfall, yeah. but I did. But he was there to cheer me on, right? But let's tell no, the No, no, that's all that needs to be said. Story. That's all that needs to be said. She only want to tell a little bit of that story. No, that's all that needs to be said. Now I look up at how high that cliff is, <laughs> and there's no need. I'm not a swimmer, never swam. Why jump off that cliff? I'll be down here take pictures. She, she jumped off the cliff. Now, I won't tell her story, but if you want to let them know, if you want to tell them. Uh, they don't need to know the rest of it. Oh, they don't need to know the rest of it. Okay, all right. They don't, those of you who are close to me, you know, but they don't need to know the rest of it. Praise the Lord. As I rub my backside. But I would be a miserable soul if I'm active and he's not. He want to stay in a room and lean out at the, at the beach all day. I would be miserable. He would be miserable if he loved going to the gym all day, every day, I mean, three, four times a week, and, I, and I'm complaining about him being gone all the time because I don't, I'm not into it, right? So leisure activities, sexual expectations. Guess what? That's a conversation to be had before marriage. A conversation, <laughs> not an experiment. Talk about talking about your family of origin and friends. We talked about that in our marriage one-on-one class. Family of origin and your friends and how much of an influence they are in your lives. 
your relationship roles. What do you expect out of a wife? What do you expect out of a husband? And then, believe it or not, you might have met him right here. Spiritual beliefs. Spiritual beliefs. Some might believe in tithing, tithing and that's it, 10%. Because we all tithe, right? But somebody else might be, you know what, I don't think 10% is enough. I'm into grace giving. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm rolling like this, because I'm a giver. I give way more than 10%. That's, my, that's, that's, that's pennies, right? And so I want to talk about what to look for in a godly man. I talked about that in brief on last week. But I thought because so much is going on in society today, and like Pastor Gregory said, dating is a business, and they are making billions, billions, tens of billions of dollars on dating. And when I looked it up, you know why? Because there are so many resubscribers. Y'all know it. Y'all met somebody, and you, you went on a few dates, and only to find out that ain't the one, so let me up renew my subscription. Let me read up my subscription. But then there are guys on there, and they said it's mostly guys. That's just, they, that, that, a lot of them are there for target practice. It says here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 7 in the Passion. These are in your updated notes. Online, follow closely. We learn what to look for, but we also need to be informed on what, not, what to pay attention to as far as what we don't want. The passion says people will be, and it says people, but specifically in the King James, it says men. You know what? Let me just read it from, if you can pull it up on the King James. I think I like that version better. First, Second Timothy chapter 3. It says specifically men. For men will be lovers of their own selves. It's one thing to love yourself as God has, you know, directed and instructed up to love ourselves, but these, this says they will be lovers of themselves. In other words, selfish, self-centered, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Pay attention to how they deal with their parents. Pay attention to that. Unthankful, unholy, you know, trying to see how far we can go. If I could push the envelope just a little bit further. Without natural affection, I'll try anything. Truth breakers. In other words, they don't honor their own words. The, the subscript here says irreconcilable. False accusers, liars. Incontinent. We're not talking about people who can't hold their bladder. We're talking about people who are not in control of themselves. Okay. It says here, fierce, just angry, despisers of those that are good, Hat, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but, ne but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. This is Paul writing to Timothy about folks in the church. And when I look this up, he says, and, and Paul is telling Timothy to that when you identify these people, he's not just talking about turning them away as in you turn them away. He's talking about how to run a church. 
He's saying those that are like that consistently and they've demonstrated that, that themselves to be that way, turn them away from the church. It says, for this sort are they which creep into houses, and this is why. They creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We touched on a little bit last week, but this is why he's specifically talking about men who conduct themselves in this way. So, ladies, when you see people that are like this, and even men, because there's women that are like that too these days, be sensitive spiritually enough and in control of yourself enough to say, once you've identified this and you're diving deeper, hey, maybe you're not the one for me. But in that, I'm going to not leave you there because he also tells us what to look for in a godly man. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 in the Passion. Of course, it's talking about here what to look for. Uh, the King James says, one who seeks the office of a bishop, an overseer, someone who's ruling and, and has authority in the church. Leadership. Leadership. In general, it's talking about leadership, period. And before you could be a leader in the, in the house of God, he's saying these things. If any of you aspires to be an overseer in the church, you have set your heart toward a noble ambition for the word is true. Yet an elder, a mature person, someone who is ready, needs to be one who is without blame before others. What kind of reputation? Now, I'm not talking about what kind of reputation did they used to have. What kind of reputation? How are they known now? Because we all have a back in the day when. I said we all have a back-in-the-day win. Let's look up that old area code and that old zip code. 48201 can tell you some things about Patricia back then, Davenport. Praise God. It says here, he should be one whose heart is for his wife alone and not another woman. Once you all decide to be in a relationship and you're dating, you're exclusive, you're monogamous. Even then, he's learned to check his eyes. Out of respect and honor. He should be recognized as one who is sensible and well-behaved and living a disciplined life. He should be a spiritual shepherd who has the gift of teaching, who's able to teach even, even in this situation, you two. What I appreciated about my husband was he wasn't afraid to, to admonish me and encourage me and even sometimes correct me. It was very few times he did that. But correct me according to the word of God. Yeah, he didn't. You know when they have to say that, don't you? You know I had to correct her a whole lot, don't you? Now, go ahead, baby. And is known for his hospitality. He's not a drunkard or someone who lashes out at others or is argumentative or someone who simply craves more money but instead recognized by his gentleness. His sh heart should be set on guiding his household with wisdom. He should already be given indicators now how he wants to guide his house, wisdom and dignity. Bringing up his children, talking about his thoughts towards parenting, to worship with devotion and purity. For, he is unable to proper, for if he's unable to properly lead his own household well, how could he properly lead God's household? And, and that's a principle, ladies, uh, because remember, you represent the church. And so if a man can't take care of his own house, how can he take care of you? 
right? It's the exact same principle, right? And so if you overlook that, right, and you don't pay attention to how he takes care of himself, what you're really overlooking is how he will actually take care of you. Mm. Remember, so if dressing nice isn't important to him, then making dressing nice for you won't be important to him. He sure won't hang right. them nails up and put that weave away. I mean, whatever he doesn't care about is the exact same thing he's not going to care about for you. So if a guy doesn't love himself enough to do that for himself, I don't know why you would expect now that you're married that he's going to do that for you. I'm through. All right. I think the word did what it needed to do. Did it do what it needed to and do? And you put the cherry on top. All right. All right. And so we can go on and on and on. Let's give God a real good praise in this place here today. All right. All right. So I'm going to go through these quickly today. Let's talk about what to look for in a godly woman. Now, I, we could have gone 12 weeks on this. So everything I'm getting ready to tell you, I can support with chapter and verse. But to save us time, I'm just giving them to you. But if you're really interested in knowing you can certainly find everything I'm getting ready to say in the Word of God, okay? These are things, men, you want to take into consideration. Has she surrendered her life to the Lord? Does she allow you to lead? Is she submissive? And submissive is not control, right? It's, is she willing to come under the mission that God has given you? right? Because you've communicated to her what God's called you to do, right? What your purpose or plan is for life. And is she willing to come under that to help you? I only dated one other female other than her after I got saved. And probably that probably could have gone a little further. But every time I would tell her what I was called to do, she would say, but what if God is saying do this? I just told you what he said and what he called me to do. So everything I said, she said the opposite of, right? If I said I, God called me to serve in the city, he can't call you to serve in the suburbs. <laughs> and it was always that. And so how many know at some point I had to realize that's what life is getting ready to be like. And that ultimately, whereas this one was very, once what was communicated to her about what I was called to do, Man, it was just always supportive, encouraging, comforting, loving, follow God, right? I would even tell her, it may take me all over the place, right? Right or wrong. And she was always pretty much wherever you go, there will I be also. And how many of you know that's extremely comforting right there? Extremely, right? All it really did at the end of the day was make me want to take care of her better and better and better and better. And when I get into some of the verses today, you'll understand why. All right? And so now, does she, this is really good here. Does she allow you to lead? Is she submissive? Does she seek to build you up and help you with what God has for you? Does she constantly nag and belittle you? Is she domestic? Is she clean? Is her house and car always messy? Now, again, if that's not a problem, then don't make it a problem because maybe your house and car is messy too, and that's good. Everybody can just be messy together, right? I'm only talking about if this is important to you. Everybody clear on that, right? Let me, qual let me, let me qualify that too. Clock, clock, it, clock, okay. Just, sometimes we offset one another, right? 
and that's a good thing. Uh -oh. So even though it may be important to you, you might not always be able to get to the car wash weekly. So I just wanted to give you that, because some people just take it. Out in the left field, yeah. regardless of how you say it. Is she pressuring you to have sex with her? Does she dress sensually? Run if she does, right? You don't want someone that leads with their body. Right? And always remember this, ladies. If you win with your body, then you must keep using your body to keep somebody. <clears throat> this was probably one of my favorite ones in here. Do you all want me to keep going? Yes. Does she respect her father and family? Is she seeking to be a virtuous woman? Is she contentious? The word contentious means antagonistic, combative, argumentative. Is she lazy? Can she run a household? Does she fear God? Does she pray? And is she trustworthy? And for men, trustworthy is not the thinking that you might cheat on him. Trustworthy is do you talk about things that we talk about outside of us? Do you ever take our business outside of our relationship? That's trustworthy for a guy. Can I get any amens from the men in here? It's an important piece right there. We, we believe if we're at this point, then we got the, all that other stuff figured out. But a man really needs to know that his life, his information, and his privacy can be secure in your heart. All right? Now, let's look at some scriptures. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Uh, likewise, I'm reading out of the Passion, likewise with the female elders, lead them, likewise with the female elders, lead them into lives free from gossip and drunkenness and be teachers of beautiful things. This will enable them to teach younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled and pure, taking care of their household and being devoted to their husbands. Doing these things so that the word of God will not be discredited, okay? Now, let me be clear here and let me balance some things. The guy's primary responsibility is to protect and to, I'm sorry, to pray, to provide, and to protect, right? But believe it or not, her primary responsibility is to her household, right? To her husband, to their children, and the care of the home. Now, listen very carefully. It does not mean that he can't help her with stuff in the house. And it doesn't mean that she can't work to help him if that's needed. What we're saying is that, that, is that the responsibility is in these categories. Everybody clear? No, look how the ladies are looking at me right now. Ooh, Jesus. Bernard, come on out here and sing a song that will lift our hearts right now. Ooh, Lord. Primary responsibility. So, 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 again, I just want to be clear. <laughs> what blesses me the most about her, I've actually, and again, I'm, we're not putting this on anybody else, but the beautiful thing for me is I've never come home to a dirty house. I've never come home to dirty children. I've never come home and the kids were not cared for and taken care of. I've never had that. The beautiful thing for her is I've never, she, work has been optional for her for 25 years. So I've never formed my lips to say, if you don't, then we won't. 
I've never done that. What, I'm, what I mean by that statement is if you don't work, then we can't do this. I've never formed my lips to say that and never will. I'm saying is we own our responsibilities. Does she help financially? Of course she does. does I help her, do I help around the house? Of course I do. Everybody clear on that? Yeah. All right. It's real low in here right now. <laughs> All right. And, and that has nothing to do with income levels. It has nothing to do with income levels. I know plenty of women who are in their careers and the husband might, you know, he might not necessarily be in, his, in, in a career per se, but he might be in his purpose. And she may outpace him educationally. She might even outpace him in, in career and income levels. But it doesn't negate the word of God here. Right. Even if he's, you know, there's this thing with stay, I'm not against stay-at-home dads, but he does need to be responsible, right? But that's an agreement that they made. That's an, agree that's an agreement that they made. At the same time, though, it doesn't negate the word of God. So if she's leaving a list of things for him to get done, well, that's what he agreed to, right? right. And then uh, this is a tweetable moment, right? Tw tw 28 years of full-time ministry, Okay counseling, just sitting in front of hundreds, if not thousands of couples. This is a tweetable moment for you. Okay? You ready? God will never, ever change the Word of God to fit your circumstances. That's right. Never. You must change your circumstances to fit the Word of God. That's right. So what you'll do is you'll sit in front of people and I say, well, what about in my situation and how yep, does that work right. with us? And we and we all ready and we all did this specifics. and we all and da da da. How does that? And we working us? out fine and this is look at him. Well, we'll look at him. Look at her. What about this? No one's situation is so specific and so special that it's exempt from the Word of God. I just wanted to say that, right? Because. 99% of the time when I give people the word of God, they justify their situation with it. And literally what they're saying is that doesn't apply to us because. And, so, and you know, I'm at a place now, I just have to take my hands off. And all I can do is pray for people because when somebody can sit down and show it to you and your response is still that's scary to me. Be it unto right. you according to your faith. Right. And so I literally sit there and I'm like, man, I, I know I'm not their pastor. Right. And I'm going to tell you why. Because if they won't listen to God, they ain't gonna I mean, listen you know, they're to not going to listen to you. Until it's right. time to come back and fix the problems that's occurred. All right. It's heavy in here right now. Pick them up, babe. Pick them up. Minister Bernard, come on out here. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 13, the Amplified. We're talking about what he should be looking for. Uh, a excellent woman, verses 10 through 13, the Amplified says, a excellent or an excellent woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. Who is he who can find her? So notice, he has to find her. Everybody clear? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth is far above rubies or pearls. Now, when we got married, we gave each other a verse, and it was our primary verse for each other. This was the one that I gave her. 
the heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence, and he will have no lack of gain. See, it's something about when his heart is, is he can trust her. I mean, he can go out there and focus on what he needs to do and get, and get the job done, right? Knowing what he has in her. So good, so important to what he achieves in life. And he will have no lack of gain. She comforts, encourages, and does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with willing hands in delight. See, so she's whatever she's willing. She's a business owner or runs a business out of the home. She's a very talented female in all aspects of life. It's really nothing that she can't do, but what she will not do is ever put anything that she does in front of her family. That's a virtuous woman. No amens from the ladies. And you single mothers, you know that. You rise up and you, you, you getting it done on both sides, both ends of this candle. Mm-hmm. So right. if this is who you are, be that. But then when he comes along, because he's going to come along, amen? amen? Understand that he's there so that you can relinquish some of it. It's tough today, boy. <laughs> so you can really, in the room, see how far society has gotten the church away from God's Word. That God's Word actually becomes hard to hear because it's just not what we see anymore. And let me tell you, this part is so much freedom. It really is. And so much liberty when you just are okay with this. And stop trying to be the next CEO, CEO. Nothing's wrong with that. I know plenty of CEOs, COOs, great women who've accomplished great things. But guess what? They make enough money where they got to cook in the house. They got a house cleaner that shows up. They're still not neglecting the responsibilities of their homes. But there's so much freedom when you can say, you know what? I have a man that I can stand with who's not trying to oppress me. That's good. Because that's not what submission is. People think submission is a doggone cuss word. It is not. There is liberty in submission because I'm not trying to take over what God has called him to do. And the reality is when he stands before the throne room of God, God's not going to judge him on how he handled the church first. That's right. He's not going to weigh him as pastor. That's right. Because pastor is what he just called him to do. God's going to ask him, how did you deal with my daughter? And how did you deal with the godly seed that I gave you? Right. Because that was his first institution. And when we get a revelation of that, a glimpse of that, there is so much freedom in that. Good. So good. Liberty. So much liberty. All right. Also at this stage, you want to clearly discuss the limits of your physical involvement. In other words, you want to reiterate that there will, be, uh, there will not be one, and that's his responsibility, right, because we're exclusive now, right? And so you want to reiterate that, that, that we're still going to live holy. So we can't kiss? Well, I mean, it depends on the individuals. I chose not to because I knew I where that would take it. Nah, come on, master. <laughs> look at the clock. You all see what I have to deal with. That woman came. I mean, this is how I come home every day. Like, 
Like, calm down. You better thank God that's what you come home to, because yeah. I, be, I could be throwing like, pots and pans at you. I'm like, you scoot over. I'm trying to watch the cat over. Yeah. And I want you all to know, she's taking some of those liberties, too. I came home yesterday, and it was all these groceries on the front porch. And I said, I said, babe, what, what's all, what's all that? Oh, Costco's, that's her other boyfriend. She got, other, she, she has, she has a Maison, uh, that's Amazon for you all wondering. Uh, Costco's, right? And then she said in Publix. I said, oh, Publix and Costco's made a delivery today. This is what she said, set me free. <laughs> Rick, pray for me. Rick, stretch your hands up here. Oh, yeah. Me. Rick, stretch your hands up Ardo, here. Ardo, Keisha's fault, Joni's fault, that's their fault. <laughs> All right. And so you want to put methods in place that will adhere to these limits, right? That said, don't make physical involvement. Listen very carefully or the lack thereof a frequent topic of conversation. Mm. So in other words, how are you doing? Is it tough for you? Are you struggling? I'm struggling too. How many of you know we're working ourselves in the wrong direction when we start those conversations, okay? Number four, remain accountable, right? What are we talking about here? Accountability is the state of being accountable, liable, or answerable. It's the permission we give someone over us we allow ourselves to remain under their authority. So important, right? What we watch here is we find, oh, we're married now. When did that happen? Mm. And that happens so often, right? Or by the time we even know they're sitting in front of us talking about we're engaged. Accountability is so important today. And it's such a lost art, right? And I'm primarily holding guys responsible for not making the relationship one that was accountable. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority, for they keep watch over your soul without resting since they will have to give an account to God for their work. For it will benefit you. Notice it benefits you when you remain under authority. Benefits you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. And you know what makes your spiritual authorities work a pleasure is when you remain accountable and you actually only when they're sharing the word of God with you, you adhere to that. It becomes a burden when they've got to watch constantly telling you the right thing to do and you go do what you want to do, which is completely against the word of God. It's not a joy for a pastor in that moment when he knows he's sharing the truth with you and you still go do what the complete opposite of that is. Now his job becomes a burden. How many know over time that wears pastors out? Right? And so to help your pastors and your leaders and those in authority, it doesn't even have to be a pastor. How many know it just needs to be someone you respect? Right? But, but at every step of the relationship, you should be accountable with it. Thank you, Diane. That's only one person I'm hearing. Come on, Pastor. Yes, amen, amen. Come on, Pastor. That's good. I think I'm hearing one more right here. I got two people in here. Thank you all. Come get this $20, Diane. Go, go do something nice for yourself today. You know, go, just go do something nice. You're encouraging me. Get, to, get another 20. You just encourage. You, you get another 20. You're encouraging me today. Come on and get a 20. Go get you some lunch on me today, okay? Go get you some lunch on me for just encouraging me today. I appreciate that. Bless your heart. 
that salmon pink on. Skitty wee! All right. Accountability is even more important, listen very carefully, as the relationship deepens than it was in the early stages. It should still be frequent, personal, local, and tough. What do I mean by that? At this point, more questions needed to be added to the list. See, somebody is always asking me, how am I treating her? Are you faithful to your wife? Do you watch pornography? Where are you at your sexual relationship with your wife? See, I got somebody in my life that's constantly holding, two people, constantly holding me accountable. See, what Satan wants to do is get you out there, cut you off, and get you all by yourself. So I allow people into my life to ask me the tough questions. Have you cheated on your wife? Are you having any emotional affairs? How's your social media life? Okay. So at this point, more questions need to be added to the list. Not just are you staying pure fiercely, physically, or in all emotionally equivalent questions. Watch this. But what are you doing? Where is this going? See, are you really serious about this woman? Because don't play games with her. That's still God's daughter. Hello, somebody. Somebody needs to hold you accountable. What kind of time frame are you talking about? Because don't stress this woman's life out for three, four, five years while you're trying to figure out yours. What kind of time frame are we talking about here? She needs to know that. How many of you know it's important for a woman to know where we're at on this timeline? She shouldn't have to guess about that. What kind of time frame are we talking about, right? Some clear action needs to be taken here. It should be a regular part of the conversations when someone is holding you accountable. That's right. Number. So, so let me say one more thing. So, men, when you don't want to be accountable, it tells me more about you than it does anything else. Mm. That's a Selah moment. And then when ladies say, don't take them to Pastor Gregory, <laughs> I already know. Because they know I'm not going to sit there and, 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 and lie to you. I'm going to sit there and tell you the truth because I love you. And it's amazing to me how many women want to keep men away from Pastor Gregory. That still amazes me. Translation, I'm still working on them. Number five. The bottom line, this is the bottom line. To simply put it, not, don't act like you're married before you're married. We're talking about the dating stage right now. You set up expectations that you might not really want to fulfill. That goes for the male and the female. You set up expectations that you just can't outlive, right? And so it says it gets exponentially more difficult the longer the premarital relationship persists if you continue acting like you're married. After a while, why get married? Right? If your goal is to move positively toward God-glorifying lives rather than simply to walk the line by attempting to satisfy your fleshly desires as much as possible without sinning, wisdom and godliness would seem to counsel, would seem to counsel keeping, relationships, uh, keeping relationships shorter. So what do we mean here? 
when you're accountable and when you do all the things that we just got through talking about in the dating phase, right, you are now getting to know each other and assessing one another. It doesn't take a whole lot of time because it's an evolvement the entire lifetime, right? But there are some foundations that you can secure to determine whether you want to take this thing to the next level. We'll talk more about that next week. Simply put, Genesis chapter 2, 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So he's beginning that stage. She's beginning that stage at this, at this point of the relationship, and he should have established that he can rule and live in his own home. And let me just add the male piece to that, right? And so... This is now, remember, we're moving from friendship to being exclusive. This is also the stage when he should be moving out of his parents' house. If he hasn't already done it. Which simply means he's no longer dependent upon them, and he's pursuing you. Amen. Now, next week, what we're going to talk about is he shouldn't show his hand. He should not ask for your engagement if he is not ready to fulfill everything that comes along with that. And it's okay if we still believe we're the right ones for each other. We're just going to take a little bit more time in the, uh, this stage that we're in while he's working on that. But ladies, do not take him from his mother's house to your house. And I'm going to tell you why more deeply next week. Well, babe, I need, can I add something to that? Please. And that includes roommates. We're just roommates. No, I'm talking about if oh, he yeah, needs yeah. a roommate yeah, yeah. to live outside of his parents' home. Yeah. He's going to need a roommate. Yeah, you're his roommate. And the roommate mentality and behavior can continue. We split everything 50-50. It's just that we get to sleep in the same bed and have some sex. Okay. Where you have for the rent at? Wanting to bill is 100. Where's the 50 at? <laughs> Proverbs 14, verse 12 in the Passion says, and this is what the Word of God says, basically what we just talked about, about being, uh, uh, being accountable. Proverbs 14, 12 in the Passion, it says, you can rationalize, rationalize it all you want and justify the path of error you have chosen. But you'll find, out, you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. Say la, drop the mic. I was about right to say there. I need to drop the mic right there. Anything contrary to what the word of God is, anything contrary to what the God, word of God says, he says the ways of a man seems right in his own heart. This is the King James Version. But the end thereof is destruction. Society will have you go. Society, they tell you that the divorce rate is down. Praise the Lord. But guess what? The marriage rate is as low as it's been ever in the United States. Folks aren't so, getting so married So that would anymore. mean then the divorce rate is down because people aren't getting married. Exactly. And see, and, and there used to be a big disparity between the church and society. But right now, Pew Statistics they're starting to be right. They're still lower, but they're starting to be right, right hand in hand. Which means the pressure of society has influenced the church instead of obedience within the church influencing society. Yeah. 
and it ought not be. And I know it's not with those of you that are in the room, which is why it's so important that you recognize the examples that you set because you are shining lights and people are looking at you to be the representatives out there that's getting it done and getting it done the right way. And when you do it the right way, and I don't care, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people started wrong, but then got it right. That's right. That's right. And I promise you, for every couple that might have started wrong, then got it right, I've seen God's hand in their life. I've seen them operate in, in, in favor. I've seen them prosper. I've seen them join together as one flesh. I've seen them raise godly children. I've seen them influence their children towards righteousness. I've seen them instill and be an example to those even that are watching them. Yeah, yeah. So don't discount your beginnings. Right, right. But know that it's never too late to get it right. That's right. And getting it right means lining up with the Word of God. That's right. That's right. And it means that people are going to look at you crazy. People are not going to agree. People are going to say, but what if and what about and what you think about? You know what? Just watch God. Just watch God in me. Yeah. And he said he will not be mocked. That's right. For whatever you sow, you shall reap. If you sow righteousness, you're going to reap righteousness. That's right. That's right. Yep. See, our job is to make God famous in the earth. And I believe out of this series, there will be several godly relationships that come out of this and several godly marriages that come out of this. I prophesy that and I proclaim that by faith that God still has a person and a people out there that want to do things the right way, do things his way. Are there any of those in this building right now? No doubt about it. Or he wouldn't have us ministering this, okay? Let's close for the day. So certainly as God's people, we don't want to live in fear and have our lives be primarily defined by avoiding temptation rather than by positively seeking after That's Christ. That's good. That's good. So if a person seeks Christ, you don't have to worry about all the other stuff. Okay? And I want to leave you with these verses to just build you up. Romans chapter 5 Verses 1 through 5 out of the New Living Translation says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. So the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, he made you right with him. So it doesn't matter what you did in your past, who you were in your former life. All that matters right now is that you are right with God. God is on your side. God is for you. And it doesn't matter what else is trying to come up against you. And I love this. And we have peace peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. Folks, you don't deserve it. Favor is not fair, but I'm telling you, if you will do things God's way, he will bring a relationship into your future. He will bring a career and a job and an occupation. If you will trust him, he will work everything in order to get you where you need to be so that you can have the life that he's called you to live. God is just that good. And I wish there was some faith in this room that actually believed that, right? Verse 3 says, we can rejoice too. Why? When we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. 
and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. God will never, ever let you make decisions for Him, stand on His Word, live His way, and allow you to be disappointed. That does not come from God. Come on, I need somebody to believe that and understand that today. If you do what's right because it's right, God will not allow you to be disappointed. People tried to discourage me. They said, you're looking for Jesus in a skirt. That kind of person does not exist. I just kept doing what I knew God told me to do the way God told me to do it. And then this right here showed up, and I am so glad about it. She has given me 25 of the best years of my life. Glory to God, to the man, God is so good. God will not disappoint if you do things his way. For we know how dearly God loves us. And when you know how much God loves you, you know he will not let you put in that kind of work and then shortchange you. Hallelujah. He will not do that. But you have to know and believe how much he loves you because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And when a person is full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always remind you how much God loves you. Even in times when you have to endure stuff, you know you're coming out gold on the other side. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet, and we'll close with Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, the Amplify. And I really want you to listen to this carefully because this is your future. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, the Amplify says, For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor, drawing you to Christ. And that's for somebody in this room right now. What's keeping you back from Christ is a bad relationship. You're willing to hold on to the relationship more than you are Christ. And you got to remember, it's his grace that will allow you to let that go so that you can receive something far better that he has for you in your future. Notice, it is by his remarkable compassion and favor that drew you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Not as a result of your works, nor attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Yes. Somebody need to put your hand over your heart. And say, I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a work of art. I am a work of art. Say, I deserve. I deserve. God's best. God's best. For my life. For my life. Not because. Not because. Of what I've done. What I've done. But because. But because. Of what he did. What he did. Would you go ahead and love yourself for a moment? Just love yourself for a moment. You need to understand that. You deserve God's best because he died to give it to you. We're created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above and spiritually transformed, renewed and ready to be used for good works. And this is what I love, which God prepared for us 
before and taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, listen to this, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. Yes. Thank you. Folks, there's a good life that God prearranged and made ready for you. All you've got to do is respond to his great salvation. It's really that simple. Once you make that decision, and then your steps just begin to get ordered. And you end up where he wants you to be, doing what it is that he wants you to do. And so I don't know how anyone could ever neglect such a great salvation. Such a gift to you. It's undeserved, unmerited, unearned. It's just something that God wants to give you. What do you do with a gift, right? Just like these individuals. What do you do with a gift? You just receive it and you say thank you. They don't owe me anything. I'm not looking for anything in return from them, right? It's just a gift that God placed on my heart to give them. The gift that God is on his heart today to give you is salvation or to return back to him because he loves you that much. So you can get on this path of living this good life that he prearranged and made ready for you to live. Folks, I have a testimony that is just sometimes I think about it, it blows my mind. Since I've been saved, I have never received a job that I looked for. Since I've been saved. Every job, ministry, career, everything has come to me. And God has just been so good. Since we've been married, we've never had a bill or a need go unmet. And these are things that God prearranged and he made ready. We've never had anything repossessed. We've had perfect credit our entire married lives because God is just that good. I said God is just that good. I said God is just that good. Come on, I said God is just that good. And what I love about God is he's no respecter of persons. What he does for one of his children, he wants to do for all of them. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. 
For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text get connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.